I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing on this Monday evening? I'm doing very well. I slept extremely well last night, except today I almost could not keep my eyes open. <laughs> so, I mean, it could be like what I'm doing is like watching paint dry, but that's beside the point. I like, I think I should be able to stay awake the whole day. So it was quite difficult, I feel. Maybe it's because I didn't have coffee today. I didn't have coffee today. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's a problem. I've I've <laughs> had two cups already, and I need a third for sure. Listen, this is a huge tangent, but the other night I didn't sleep at all. Like I had two cups of coffee. I usually just have one in the morning. Right. At like 3 p.m. I had another cup of coffee. That cup of coffee kept me up all night long i did not you know usually people are like oh i got like an hour of sleep two hours of sleep last night i'm really tired like bro i didn't sleep i when i tell you i got zero hours of sleep i got zero hours of sleep and the next day i was expecting my body to crash and burn it never happened my sister texted me and she was like are you doing okay how are you doing and i was like wow I'm fine. Like, I'm actually very alert right now. I That's don't hilarious. have any issues. I'm not sleepy. I'm very worried. <laughs> I was oh like, pray God. for me because I don't know what's going on. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yep. For me, coffee doesn't hit me that way. I can I can have a cup of coffee at night and it no. will not keep me up. No, I cannot have an after dinner coffee. I would just wreck my sleep. Oh, after dinner <laughs> coffee is the best. I know it tastes so good and I love it. I can't do it unless it's decaf. I can't risk it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe I've just become desensitized to caffeine. Yeah. No, you're addicted. Yeah. Most likely. That's probably what it is. <laughs> uh, but uh, besides the point, you had a good weekend. I had a good weekend. Pretty relaxing. Not too much. Yep. And we are going to go ahead and take that nice relaxing mood into the movie that we're going to review today. Before yes. we get into it, though, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. And we're on many, many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars, and it goes a very long way. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at Always Critic Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash always critic pod. Yes, definitely consider being a patron. Now, today we are going to talk about the finale of a trilogy that I did not expect to become a trilogy, <laughs> but uh, yeah. it is very uh, appropriate for the season that we're in. We're still in February. Yep. So the season of love, and we are going to go ahead and talk about to all the boys always and forever. So this is basically part three of the to all the boys trilogy. Yes. <laughs> and so Jessica, take us through what is this movie about? IMDb synopsis reads, senior year of high school takes center stage as Lara Jean returns from a family trip to Korea and considers her college plans with and without Peter. Ooh, there's the spiciness. (laughs) So uh, this movie is directed by Michael uh, Fimmongnari. Ooh, I uh, had a hard time with that. 
Uh, he's mostly known as a cinematographer. So he's done his work on Dr. Sleep, The Haunting of Hill House, which is a Netflix TV show, and other horror movies like The Lord, uh, Lazarus Effect, Oculus, and Gerald's Game. So, so many other horror movies. <laughs> so this is uh, interesting. That's very interesting. Hey, it, it's, it's very interesting because he's basically only directed um, the second of this trilogy, uh, To All the Boys I Love Before. Uh P.S. Uh, I, I love you. Yeah. And then this movie. Right. And I think one other thing, and that's it. And he's mostly known for his work as a cinematographer on yep. horror movies or thrillers. On horror and, movies and thrillers, yes. So that's an interesting thing. Uh, the movie is written by Katie Lovejoy, the screenplay. Uh, it is based on a book by Jenny Han. And this does star the stars of the first two movies, uh, Lana Condor and Noah Centineo. Now, how was it received by the critics? So critics generally liked it. 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not bad. A 62% audience score. Ooh, that's not good. Very unusual to see an audience score that much lower than the critics' consensus score. Um the critics consensus says diminishing returns have set in for this trilogy, but to all the boys always and forever has just enough of the original's effervescent charm to serve as a worthy conclusion. Right. So uh, also on Letterbox, the average score was a 2.9. So not very high uh, there. Pretty, either. pretty average. Like everyone just thought it was like a three star. Right. So and so five. then the the really low scores really brought it down. So before we talk about part three, let's have a quick discussion on parts one and two. Let's start with one. Okay, let's do it. So to all the boys I've loved before, I think was Did you a watch surprise. it when yeah. it came out? Okay, yeah, well, cool. I would say like within the first month I saw it. Yes. Yeah, uh, when it came out. Uh, my sister was the one that put me onto it when when it first came out. And it, I would say it's a it was a pleasant surprise. So here's my thing. Like I've said this on the show maybe once or twice before. I'm like a huge <laughs> uh, K-drama fan and and watcher. And when I watched the first movie, I was like, I told my sister, Rebecca, I was like, Bex, um, if you like this, you're going to like K-drama because this is straight up K-drama. Um, a contract relationship that nobody knows about except for them. Like they're faking the relationship. Um, she's like half Korean. Um, it was, it was extremely charming and it had all of these like tropes in it. And I gravitated towards that. I recognized it. And unfortunately it's been a couple of years now. My sister has not watched a single K drama because, uh, she's just kind of put off by the language barrier. But honestly, like guys, Jenny Han is a fan of K drama. The author of the book is a fan of K-drama. So that should tell you all you need to know that she is pulling from what she loves and knows. And it just makes a lot of sense, like to connect the dots that way. It is. Uh, so coming out of that movie, I really enjoyed the way. You liked it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so I really like the chemistry between the different uh, actors and actresses. I love surprisingly i find the way that it's shot and color graded is just right up my alley i love the way how it's colorful. bubble gum pop yeah it's bubble gum pop it's very it, 
it really is colorful. It's like a K drop. It's a K pop video. <laughs> exactly. And so <laughs> everything is just evervescent. Everything is just alive, it feels. Yeah. And then the way it is shot also, like a lot of it feels head on. Like it's not your typical, like, you know, filming from a 45 degree angle when you're talking. <laughs> it's kind of like head on. And I find it to be very, very aesthetically pleasing choices that they make with shooting. Uh, the story itself, you know, it looks like a music video. Yeah, honestly. it does look like a music video. And I appreciate that they decide to make a movie with that look. Uh, and the story itself, I think that we've, we've seen, you know, plenty of rom-coms, you and I. And I think for what the story itself may lack in originality, I, I wouldn't say it's like the most original plot in the world, but it makes up for it for having people that you actually want to spend time with. Mm. Lana is great as Laura Jean. Uh, you have Noah, who's made himself the king of the Netflix rom-com. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, Noah Centineo as Peter Kavinsky. So I enjoy my time with them. And so the first one was a pleasant surprise. Uh, what about the second one? Okay, so here's where the sequel syndrome comes in because, and it, I've talked about this extensively, I hate sequels. I do not. <laughs> I'm not a proponent of sequels ever. Um, the second one sucked, in my opinion. It was a huge step down from the first one. Didn't have as much charm. Felt like it was manufacturing drama. And right. not that these movies are not manufacturing drama, because they are, but it felt extremely forced in the second one. And to be honest, like, why would she be with Kavinsky? Because the second male lead in the second movie was amazing. It's Jordan Fisher. It's Jordan Fisher. I'm a huge fan of Jordan Fisher. I know but you besides are. the point, that character is so much better for her and like it seemed like they were soulmates versus she's not really soulmates with uh Kavinsky that's like her lover okay and so it was a much better match in my mind and he was extremely charming and fun and just so nice like why would she go back to like this dude that doesn't even get it he's kind of clueless at the time like it just didn't make sense to me. She was like, I'm sorry, I can't. And goes back to, you know, her first love. <laughs> right. And so I think. Which this is, is very K-drama to have this first love kind of like take over your life. Right. I think this is where you and I different. Well, first, I didn't really like the second one because it doesn't really okay. hold my attention that much. No, not at all. It, it really struggled to really be captivating in a way. I don't know what like <laughs> old people home Right, like, like I don't what know if was you've that ever plot? been to an elderly home or or something like that? But like, honestly, the home that they portrayed in the movie is like what dreams are made of. Like right. everyone wants to be old in that place, in that facility. It exactly. is amazing. It's gorgeous. It's like beautiful, but it's so unrealistic, and I couldn't wrap my head around it and get behind it. I was like, this is for the movie. Like it's no, like. Right. No. And but I will differ in saying that although um, Jordan Fisher's character may seem like a better match, I was still rooting for Laura Jean to be with Peter. OK, uh, I still found myself rooting for that just because. And you're supposed to. Well, yeah, you're supposed you're to. You're supposed the to. Way and the I, movie does it. I buck that because I'm like, OK, you introduce this guy. He's better than. Then right. Peter, um, why did but she But then you Peter? would make Laura Jean the villain. 
by dumping someone ju- to be with someone else right on right off the bat. You would make her. How was she a villain for following her heart? Sorry. Bye. <laughs> I'll okay. see myself out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now we get to the third one. Yeah. So the third one, I personally liked more than the second one. Way more. Yes. Than the second one. Yeah. It, it, it's it's one of those weird dips where the second one is like really Yeah, it went all Indiana Jones on us. <laughs> right. There we go. Indiana Jones. First one Not is to say Raiders. that this movie is <laughs> anywhere as um, equivalent as good as Raiders of the Lost Ark or The Last Crusade. No. <laughs> no but in but. terms of the arc of the story, the first one starts There's off pretty high. The second one dips and then it comes back up for the third. Yes. That's what we mean. Uh I really they they stepped up the production. They they were on in lo- on location like they went to Korea. Yeah. They Like I said, it's a K drama. They went disguise. to New York. They They went to friggin' New York. Right. They, they had all these different They were like, jet setting in They were jet one. setting. You yeah. know? And that's what happens in a trilogy. The budget goes up and you're able to do the things like that. Um I do like that this movie obviously it centers around a romance. Uh, but there's decisions that have to be made by the main character that are not about the relationship. Yes, that's what I liked about this movie. It was very believable in that respect because it is a true dilemma <laughs> that you can find yourself in if you are that age. Yeah, and exactly. in a relationship like that. Exactly. So uh, a lot of things are happening between the two of them. Uh, and so I think we may have to talk. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it in spoilers. But before we do that, uh, one more thing I wanted to mention besides the obviously the chemistry between the two of them. It's great. Um, the music choices throughout this entire trilogy have been really good. Some of them are very spot on, like they're they're not yes. subtle. No, uh, but I will say that for the audience that this movie is geared towards, they are very good choices. Very <laughs> yeah. good choices. Uh, and I do like every once in a while they'll throw in like a cover of a very famous song in a different way. Yes. Like, for example, this movie had um, want, no, was it Wannabe? Wannabe. Yeah. yeah, it was Wannabe by Spice Girls. And then in a next montage, they have a cover of that version of that song. Uh, much more slowed down, you know, different key and eh, all that. You know. <laughs> uh, but I, I really enjoy the fact that this movie leans into like music because uh, music is such a relatable thing to all of us. Like what we decide to listen to, what we wanted, you know, what our soundtrack to our life almost wants to be pretty much. And this movie leans into that. And even like a part of the plot is finding a song that will encapsulate the love of these two, of these two people. So, uh, so yeah, I, I enjoy that. So, was there any, I guess, any gen- general things that maybe you didn't like about the movie in general? Uh, I would say um, they probably didn't stupid, get to the but... decision a little too quick or not quick enough. And I mean where the relationship okay. starts to strain. I can see that. Um, I feel I like the tension came a little later. Is that the movie feels like a commercial? Mm, okay. For different institutions and different cities. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So 
I feel like that's a drawback. Um, this is personal, but at the end of the movie, I was like, Rebecca, $10 says they're going to do a time jump at the end of the movie and they're already graduated and whatever. Like there's going to be some sort of like, and now whatever, fast forward. They did not do that, but I think that's a drawback because if they were going to follow the K-drama model, which they had been like, you should throw that in and like see how the audience re- reacts because this is like a Western audience. And I wonder what everyone would have thought had they done like a crazy time jump. I wondered if they were going to do the same thing too. Uh, only because my brother happened to be sitting next to me. Did like, he mention it too? Towards the end, he thought like it would be the same thing. See? So, <laughs> because he watches I mean, game drama. I I wouldn't consider a drawback that they didn't do it, but I think it would have been a surprise for a lot of Western audiences if they did. Um, so I, I wasn't upset that they didn't do it, but I was kind of thinking, I wonder if they're going to like jump forward and show us. You know who does a time jump a little bit? Um, 13 Going on 30 does one. Yes, they do. Where it's like all of a sudden they're married and they have their house again and they're together and it's happily ever after. Like, that's a time jump. That is a time jump. So, you know, it's been done. You can see it in Western cinema. But I would have liked it in this movie. You would have liked it. <laughs> so before we get into spoilers, what did you give this movie overall? I gave it a three and a half out of five stars. Three and a half? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I went ahead and I gave it a three. Uh, so I think overall, I think the plot is very formulaic because like we have seen stuff like this a lot of times. So it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it's breaking ground there. But no. again, the the chemistry is really well and I love the way it's shot. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about spoilers, really dive deep into this third movie. For To All the Boys, Always and Forever, right after <laughs> this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? Okay, so let's go ahead and let's talk about To All the Boys 3. Yep. Is what I'm going to call it here. Uh, so if we run through the plot really quick, it is senior year of high school for Laura, Jean, and Peter. Uh, they are currently- Oh, no. D- you didn't start at the beginning because they went to Korea. Okay. They went to the Soul Tower. Okay. They went to that cafe right, that so looks like me, you're in a cartoon a world. Back. I'm sorry. Let me rewind. They bought okay. Korean cosmetics. They sang karaoke. I mean, honestly, they did everything that you could do in a K-drama. <laughs> like, okay. There's a meet cute. Um, the younger sister meets this um, Korean dude at the top of the tower. And um, they start long distance dating. Like, it's crazy. So they have this whole beginning. She has a, it's a spring break trip, I think. That's yes. what that is. Spring break. They are in Korea as a family. The sisters mm-hmm. and the father. They are in, and also the girlfriend of the father. Uh, yeah, she's there too. She is there too. They are having a great time over there. Uh, obviously, Laura Jean misses Peter because he's back home. And um, there's a needle drop that I want to mention, and it's Girls' Generation. Mm, okay. Uh, 
I freaked out. <laughs> freaked the hell out when they they dropped that. Um, I think the song's called G. Yes, it is. Oh my god, I freaked the hell out because I that's the like the time that I started listening to K-pop and like I just died. I just died. It's so good. There you go. So accurate. <laughs> so they're having a great time, and once they come back from their trip, um, a couple of things are going on. But basically, uh. The father, enga- uh, he proposes to the girlfriend. Yes. Uh, Peter and Laura Jean are at home discussing what exactly is a meat cute because apparently oh, yeah. Peter <laughs> didn't know. Uh, and there's this underlying tension of Peter can't be at Laura Jean's house past a certain time. There is a curfew. And so there's kind of a tension. You seem of, very okay. You seem very entertained no, by this. I am. I am entertained by the fact that there is a tension there of will they or won't they sleep together uh-huh, in this movie? Right. And so you know they started early on in the movie. So anyway, so we get past that. We're back at school. Uh, it is senior year, so people are excited. They are getting into colleges. Peter has already found out he's going to Stanford. Pause. The schools are tweeting when results are out. Yes. And people are checking online to see if they got into a school. That is true. And so. Y'all, I am so old that I got my acceptance letter in the mail and I was in Pembroke Lakes Mall when my parents called me on my flip phone to tell me that they got mail. And they wanted to know if they could open it because it was addressed to me and it was from my first choice school and that I had gotten in and it was this whole thing in celebration. Was This whole internet aspect of getting in threw me for a loop completely. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was like a shock to me. Oh, wow. Okay. Because they were like, oh, uh, Stanford tweeted, NYU tweeted, whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, uh, but no, like the mail and <laughs> the packet. Wow, you sound <laughs> old right now. I do. And I I, <laughs> I know. I just, I'm so mad. I remember <laughs> when I got my acceptance letter in the mail. <laughs> Shut up, All right, man. Grandma. What? <laughs> grandma. I'm just saying your future uh, grandkids, how they would was, talk to you. It was uh, a shock to me. Yeah. I don't um, know about you, but. No, geez. not too much of a shock because I have a younger sister who recently went, went to through college. the process. Yeah, through went to the process. So she, so I kind of got a firsthand experience with that uh, a couple of years ago. And yeah, it, yeah, everything is now online. So if you want to find oh, out that God. you got in college, like right there, you can just find out. <laughs> um, yeah, I found out through the mail as well. Uh, I would I sent out and I got a couple of schools back that I was accepted to. So, yeah. So we're old. We got it through the mail. Uh. So yeah. So but back to the she movie. doesn't get into Stanford, which is the school that they wanted to go to together. I was to build about to a get life to that as a. They, she has this whole fantasy. She really does. She really does. Starting with Stanford and then going through the years and then being together and going to school together is the first step. Yeah, it's the first step in that fantasy. And uh, she doesn't get in. And of course, she doesn't know how to break the news to Peter. Peter is overly excited because through a mix up of a text. That was dumb. 
Yeah, she she accidentally said, of course, and she accidentally replied to Peter's text saying, hey, did you get into Stanford? So he's excited, takes her out, then asks her to prom. And That's dumb as shit. What do you think about that prom culture? Oh, like asking... Like in like those having it be very this extravagant huge... ways. Yes. No, I think that's dumb. The way Peter does it, I don't think is a problem. Like, you know, on the breakfast little platter. Yeah, but like, he shouldn't have gone to never get on Get on knee. one knee. No, that's No. Ridiculous. That is <laughs> that's ridiculous. ridiculous. Would you I'm ever sorry. No Would you ever think I'm gonna get down on one knee to ask somebody to, to prom. prom. To prom. But yeah, that's another thing of culture recently where uh, promposals is what it's called. Promposals are ridiculous. Save your I energy. Mean, save your if time. You're, if you are listening to us and you are in that age range, please tell me what is your thoughts on promposals? Do you? What are we you, missing here? Is it like for them? that person or is it for everybody else? Like, what are you trying to prove? Talk I, to me. I don't know. I would love to find out what is the thought process there, and and if you know different types of people in that age range like it. So. Uh, moving right along, uh, we find out that she gets into UC Berkeley, which is an hour away from Stanford. So she's like, "That's a great fantasy too." She's like, "We can spend the weekends together." I was like, "Fuck that! No, you will not." Yeah, and even though it's an hour, you will never see. Never. Her. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it right now. Uh, but yeah, so she's pulling up this fantasy, she's trying in her to head. justify yeah, it, trying to save the like dream. Driving, I can, I can make the effort. We could do it. We can meet in San Francisco. And stuff like that. So all this. So as we uh, progress, uh, a couple of things happen. Number one, there is a side plot about Peter and his dad where I guess Laura Jean. Do we want to talk about that right now and who the dad is? Oh, yeah, I know. Right. I was (laughs) I was so surprised. Uh, We'll save that one because I think the conversation they have later is more important. And then at the same time. Uh, the school has a trip to New York City. Yes. So uh, they- Cue the hop- commercial for NYU. Yes, it is a commercial for NYU. And so <laughs> they basically hit up every single like touristy spot, taking pictures and selfies and all that. So I just uh, watched like the beginning of the movie again, rewatched it. Yeah. And they go to this cupcake place. I forget what the name of the cu- pl- cupcake place is, but they pull up, they're walking on the sidewalk. And Lara Jean is right underneath the neon sign. Yeah. And she looks up and she's like, oh, my God. And she, like, has the reaction that, like, oh, my God, this is where he's taking me. Versus she would have seen that freaking neon sign <laughs> mile down the street. And she would have been like, oh, my God, that's where we're going. And the reaction wouldn't have been directly underneath the neon sign. It was such a specific thing that I was like, wait. <laughs> Man. They're on the sidewalk. No like, appreciation what for <laughs> cinematic romance. No appreciation <laughs> for it. All right. So they're in New York. They are. Uh, s- well, what this about is be- Times Square? They all love Times Square. They all love Times Square. Uh, that is a <laughs> My very non New York reaction. That is a very non New York reaction to uh, being in New York. Uh, Times like, Square. Oh my okay. god! The bus. <laughs> they get off the plane, get on a bus, and the first thing they do is take them through Times Square. <laughs> right. Takes <laughs> I was them. Through, like, it okay, takes them I've been on senior trips. Spot. 
I've ever. been on senior trips before and they do not take you to the most touristy spot. Like first thing it's always like a whole logistical nightmare, like to right. get from the airport to the hotel and all this stuff. Right. And I know the hotel they were staying at. So like Shut the drive up. that they take is ridiculous. So, oh. okay. So real quick, I did live <laughs> in New York for a while. I visit New York often. Uh, so a couple quick little things. <laughs> if they're excited for New York, that's great. Like check tell out me, all tell the sites. Me everything. Check out all the sites. Be excited about it. It's your first time there. I have no problem with any of that. Okay. Uh, but I will say like the logistical nature of their travel <laughs> makes no sense because they are driving over the bridge into Manhattan, but I guess they flew in through New Jersey because they definitely didn't fly in through LaGuardia or through uh, JFK <laughs> yeah. because of the way they're coming in on the bus. But oh, then God. they take and go through Rockefeller, then through Times Square. It's like what they're doing is they're like taking laps up and down like <laughs> 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th Avenue to no. get to the Sheraton Hotel, which is south of that, which you would have passed to get <laughs> to those tourist attractions on your way from the airport. So it makes okay, no so sense. You were, okay, so you were tearing me down about the freaking neon sign and you're over here like, um, it, driving it was, up every street. Hilarious. I get it. You have to establish that you're in New York. Like the skyline wasn't enough. You could have left the montage for, you know, when they go An outside. An actual bus scene. tour. <laughs> yeah. But you have two montages of the same sites in the same movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It makes yeah. no sense. Um, anyway, so we're at the cupcake place. I, I don't believe. Oh, oh, let's talk about the cupcake place. But I have to come back to NYU. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to get to that in just a second. So at the cupcake place, this is where Laura Jean drops the news. I did not get into Stanford. So Peter is a little taken back. I like the pan over. Yes. They don't cut it. They just pan it. They to just him. pan to his face and his reaction. And, you know, he's he's a little taken back. But in his head, he's like, OK, we can make it work because she mentions that she got into UC Berkeley. So then they're like, OK, only an hour away. We can still make it work, you know, weekends here and there, whatever. And then <laughs> and his idea is. After a year, you can transfer to Stanford. And then we could be together after, Ooh, you know, no. do it for one year. It's so terrible. So they're both in agreement with that no, plan in I a way. I think she's very surprised about the transfer idea. No, not yet. Well, she's surprised and she, I guess she didn't think of it. She didn't think of like the idea of just transferring over after one year. I you mean, what tell. was your reaction when he suggested that? When he suggested that, I wasn't taken aback. I was just like. You were not? No, I was like, okay, maybe she'll transfer. But if she falls in love with the school, I don't see her transferring. So that okay, was my. So in my head. That was my head. But this is, is at the cupcake shop because this conversation comes up again later. In my head, when he brought up the transfer, I was like, this fool. Just break up with him now. <laughs> because. In what world would she like go through all that trouble? You know what it is to move to a place for just a year, get used to everything, make friends and all that shit, and then move to another school? Oh, my God. Stop raising your hand and waving I've done it, it at me. <laughs> I've done it. Like, it's not hard at all. No. It really is. After going through the whole college experience, I'm like, no way. Yeah. Unless you are incredibly unhappy where you are. Or it's a bad fit or whatever, then you do it. I've then done you it. transfer. I've done it. I did it. 
You don't. I started at UCF to... and I transferred out to FIU. Okay, but no. Yep, I did it. Not for not for a relationship. Okay, I, I get that. It, not for a relationship, but like I transferred out of out of the school that I was going to to a different school just because. Not you know saying what? it's not I don't done, really like but it in here. my mind, I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> That's fine. Like, if you're doing it just for the pure basis of wow. relationship, so which we, this question is, we took this suggestion from Peter totally differently. Oh, completely differently. Completely, completely. Differently. I thought of it as. I don't know if it'll work because what if she falls in love with UC Berkeley? You were following Peter into the I the was kind scenario. of, kind of, but I was still questioning it because, again, Laura still has to make a decision there. Laura Jean still has to be the one to decide to do the transfer. It's not all on Peter. So, so the uh, biggest wrench gets thrown into the whole thing anyway because she is walking through Central Park. Is no, what it looks not like. Not Central Park. <laughs> no. Where is she then? I don't she know. Is, she is at Washington Square Park. Eso mismo. And, and she didn't realize that NYU is like there, like in yeah. the city. Washington Square Park is basically the center of NYU. Yeah. She had no clue. And I'm like, bullshit. Right. I called that too because I was like, a girl who is this like intent on plans and, yes. you know, really looking into things. Didn't know that NYU is like right in the center of New York City. Yeah. And the city is the campus. Like yeah. the fact that she didn't know that. Yeah, I, I call bullshit on that. Bullshit. Um, for that's those, what NYU is like known yeah, for. That's like, what it's known for. That the yeah. city is your campus. Like you walk around, you walk outside of your dorm and it's not even a dorm really. It's just like no, an apartment it's a building. building. Yeah. You walk out and bam, you're right in the city. So that's the big thing about it. Uh, so then that night they're invited to a party. She goes with her the most idyllic party in the whole rooftop world. party. By the way, rooftop party, rooftop party. <laughs> uh, with her frenemy, which is Peter's ex, and uh, you know Laura Jean's best friend, who I didn't know was cousins with that frenemy. Boy, yes, I forgot the first movie. I forgot were about that. I forgot that they haters. were cousins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. They hated each other though, which is really So when they to me said because... that I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yes, they were and cousins I the forgot whole time. It. I forgot. Yeah. It. But Laura Jean, and you could see it with the twinkle in her eyes, she is falling in love with the city. Falling in love with NYU. And NYC in general. Like there's yeah. a conversation that she has with one of the tour guides up on the rooftop of this party and it's overlooking the city and you can see the empire state building and the tour guy even says oh i had plans myself to be go to college with someone and then laura jean asks what happened and she said i fell in love with the city and it just felt like i had to be here and so you know things happen things change a and lot so of people feel that way when they go to college they go away for college yeah. and they pick the right school and when they're they like the right oh school. Yeah, yeah. So, why would you uproot all that? That's what is, I mean. <laughs> right. There is a sense that Laura Jean is really taking to New York and this lifestyle. So, after that night of partying, you know, really, there's a there's a couch that gets in a, on a subway. subway again. Call bullshit on that, but bullshit. Sure. Uh, but the big thing here is that she feels that she has gotten their song. <laughs> 
she has found their song yes. by a band that's playing on that rooftop uh, party. And when she tells Peter, Peter's not really feeling it because, you know, I, I wasn't there. So I, I don't really know how it's supposed to be our song type of thing. That's how he, he puts it. So that kind of puts the end of the New York trip, at least. And then we come back and then we start getting a little bit of tension here because we find out Laura Jean. She also doesn't know how to tell him that she wants to go to NYU now. Because she just found out that she got accepted. Like she gets the letter in the mail. She gets the mail. (laughs) So we related in that moment. She gets the mail. She got acceptance in NYU and- now she is conflicted because like she actually feels like she wants to go there. And yeah, exactly what you said. Doesn't know how to tell Peter. Uh, so we get um, a couple of moments before that moment of telling him. Uh, we get an interaction where she takes him on a date. It's a date night. They go bowling. And while they go bowling, we get an interaction with Peter and his dad. His dad happens to be at the bowling alley with his new family. Uh, the family that he made after he left Peter's mom. And it's a very awkward moment for <laughs> Laura Jean to be there. You could tell that he, Peter doesn't want to be there. And, you know, they walk away from that. And then finally, on the ride home, Peter kind of explains, you know, what it is about it. It's like, pause, Laura- because you didn't say who the dad was. The dad okay. is played by Henry Thomas. <laughs> And if you don't recognize the name, you'll recognize the face in the movie he's from, and that is E.T. Yes, he is the little boy in E.T. And also the cinematographer on The Haunting of Hill House, which Henry Thomas is in, stars in, is the director. So there's a connection. There's a connection. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's I a very awkward that subplot was stupid. What? You thought it was stupid? <laughs> yes, I just went right into it. Um, I think okay. that subplot was really stupid and unnecessary because I liked the drama of the whole, how is she going to tell him? I want to go here. I didn't get in. But all that shit was really cool. And interspersed with the NYU promo and the prom and everything like that. The whole subplot on the dad, I don't know if they needed it. It was too much. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I felt like it was too much. Mostly because it felt like they threw it in just so that Peter had something else to to do. Hmm. Okay. I see what you're saying. Versus like (laughs) deal deal with the colleges thing and Lara Jean. Right. Okay. Not romance. Yeah, well, I will say that. You you didn't need it. You you are right. You don't need the it. The first movie needed it because they seem to bond over him and not having his dad and missing his dad. And she knew about the whole drama with the parents. So they bonded over that. Right. And he shared that heart with her. Now it just seems like overkill. Hmm. Okay. I I didn't find it to be distracting or truly unnecessary i can understand if it's not in the movie i i don't think you would miss sister it, to but... the traveling pants did it better okay cool having a child that's jealous and upset that a parent has left and started another family okay sisterhood did it better 
Okay. Sure. I don't think they're in a competition <laughs> with it, but sure. Uh, yeah. What? They are. They're. I don't think they're competing to say like who did this <laughs> subplot of a movie better. <laughs> you know. Um. But yeah. Okay. I. I. Point taken. Not necessary. I. I personally didn't find it. You know, too distracting or anything. So it was fine for me. Um. So we're we're moving. Right past that there. Uh, it's prom time, pretty much. And so uh, we basically go to prom, and Laura Jean is trying to connect with Peter. She feels a distance between them ever since she told him that I want to go to NYU. Mm-hmm. And not like as a temporary thing, because Peter even brings up the one-year thing again. It's like, yeah. hey, you know, after a year, you could transfer. And she's like, I don't think I'm going to want to transfer. And so that right there <laughs> kind of kills the conversation. Like Peter has nothing else to say. Like he's just like, yeah, oh, there's nothing else I can say. And so there's that tension between the two of them. Prom comes around. Laura's trying to reconnect. They haven't broken up or anything, but she's trying to like reconnect with them. And her way of doing it is after prom, taking Peter back to her room to try to actually have sex for the first time <laughs> i was wondering how you were gonna like talk no, about this hey, whole thing no I wasn't sometimes you struggle and i kind of like watching you struggle i, I wasn't struggling <laughs> i wasn't struggling Calm i down. know you weren't struggling that's Calm why i was down. like dang it <laughs> so but peter is resistant and hesitant he you know he keeps asking are you sure did do you really want to do this and he even says something feels off about this uh and Laura Jean is like, I feel distant and I want to reconnect. And he's like, like this, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so they have a fight. And at that moment, Peter basically says, you know what? Obviously, this is not something that is going to last. So it might as well end it now instead of, you know, three to six months later when we're in college and trying to make it work. So he, he ends it. He ends it right there. Yep. And I, I agree with him. I yeah, I do agree with him. I think they should have just <laughs> just ended. Just ended it. Yeah, I mean, they're on the verge of becoming different people. True. <laughs> Why would you try and make it work when it's going to be so difficult? They have no clue. They have, they have no clue, especially clue. that distance, that distance ridiculous. That distance, yeah. I can understand you making it work Berkeley Sanf- Stanford. That I get. You're an hour Maybe. away. You can meet in San Francisco, halfway point. It's not that bad. But New York to San Francisco, that is let ridiculous. It go. Yeah, that, let it go. That's you gotta let it go at that point. So that that's where we stand on the line. It's sad because a lot of couples think they're special snowflakes and they're gonna make it. Yeah. Yeah. With even less of a distance. I know. Than across yeah. the country. Exactly. I, I I know couples. I know couples too. like <laughs> one went to UCF, the other one to USF, Tampa, Orlando. That's oh, that's, that's nothing. Basically that's the same distance. <laughs> yeah, that's almost like the same distance. Berkeley, you know, yeah. and Stanford. And no, they did not make it. No, not even close. I don't. I really don't care how in love you are. Like just let it go. <laughs> like, now I will say this: I I wouldn't advocate for everyone to just let it go. 
at all? No. There's obviously, you know, there's obviously special snowflakes that do make it. There that are, are you know, actually, meant to be. I actually know of a couple that started dating in eighth grade middle school. Stop. And they're married with kids and everything. They got That's through precious. high school, college, and they got married and they're with oh kids and together. Yeah. Wait, I mean, did they go to the same college? Uh ooh, that I don't know. That's a good question. Mm. I gotta find that out. That's maybe cool. they went to the same college or maybe they didn't, but all I know is they ended up together and stayed together all through that time. Yeah, it, I mean my my parents started dating when they were teenagers and they made it all the way through. Um, but they went to the same college. Yeah. The yeah. same city. That's yeah, that's something that's you know that's a key. They were both commuter students. Um yeah, so I just don't think the long distance would have What is worked. it? Distance makes the heart grow fonder? Negative. No. I don't believe that. <laughs> is it distance? Maybe Absence I'm... makes the heart grow fonder. There we go. Absence. In college, and out it of makes sight, you out of mind, too. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing that happens. Like you think that your attention is always going to be devoted to that person even when you guys are away, but if you're not seeing that person consistently, they're not going to be in your life. Yeah. That's as simple as it is. You really have to make I'd it really work. And that's why I really liked, uh, you really have to. And that's why I really liked this movie is that she's struggling with something that so many people and couples struggle with is that you're like, oh my God, I'm so in love. It's my high school sweetheart. And then they go to separate colleges or universities and like, by Thanksgiving, by Christmas, they break up. Yep. Yeah, that happens a lot. So back to the movie. Yes. So <laughs> after they have broken up, uh, it is wedding time. The father is getting married. Uh, getting married in the backyard. Very nice. Very nice setup. Very tasteful. Yes. I really like that wedding. So did I. I was like, damn. This like is even for our first nice. wedding, I'm like, that's, that's nice. nice. Yeah, it's the second <laughs> wedding. So it's more relaxed and everything. I'm like, bro, uh, just make that the first wedding. It's fine. <laughs> I know. So, um, you know, everybody has fun. Everybody's having, you know, a good time. While this is happening, uh, Peter, who was going to go to the wedding, but now no longer will or doesn't go. So because- I disagree with that. Uh, um, with because what? in my mind, why would, like, you literally broke up yesterday. Maybe not yesterday, but you know what I mean. Right. And... You know the father, you know the family, like, why not just show up? Like, no. it's fine. No. You're like, no, absolutely not. That's a no. <gasps> that is a no. In my mind, I was like, why is she saying no? <laughs> no. Uh, no. It. If if I'm in <laughs> Peter's situation and it's my girlfriend's father yeah. who's getting married, I know him, all that, and me and my girlfriend break up. And there's a wedding that's happening like with like in a week. And even if I'm close to the family, I'm not going. I got you. I'm not going to that wedding. I got you. We had just broken up. We, me and my girlfriend are not on good terms. We are not in a place where we should be together because if not one of two, most likely the one thing that'll happen is we will break out into a fight. What? No. And I don't mean it's not like. the wedding? I don't mean like out shouting at each other, but we'll get into like a moment where we'll be alone. We'll be talking about what's going on and then we will get upset with each other and then it'll ruin the night even more. That is my take on 
Peter not going to the wedding. Okay. I, I think it was a smart choice. All right. So Okay. You changed my mind. So while the wedding's happening, Peter does have his side plot with his dad. The conversation that they're having is why is it now that the father is trying to make his way into Peter's life? He's going off to college and everything. And the father says, I want to try to do this. I want to try for the mistake that I made. I made a mistake in not being there for you when I left. I, I wasn't leaving you, Peter. I, I I left your mom, but I wasn't leaving you. But I, I made the mistake of not trying to stay in your life. And I wanted to correct that. That's what the dad wants in that in that life. He wants that in that conversation. And Peter obviously is stubborn in, at first in the conversation, but he opens at least. You and know, they have coffee. And they have coffee together. And I think that, I guess, triggers because he says something about when it's someone you love, you'll do whatever it takes. You'll do the necessary. And I, be I believe that kind of opens the door for Peter to make his romantic grand gesture, which is here towards the end. The wedding's over. And the little sister does have a part to play because she is texting furiously with someone. And then <laughs> she tells Laura Jean, hey, you left something in the tent. Oh, I'll get it tomorrow. No, no, you should get it now. <laughs> and so she goes and it's the yearbook earlier. Uh, they had made a commitment to each other, write something memorable in the yearbook. And he finally does. And what he writes in the yearbook for Laura Jean is their meet cute. He says, I remember when we met. And he breaks it down and we see a flashback. It was back in sixth grade assembly. He was sitting right behind her. She was about to get up because her name was called to come up. And her hair got stuck in the chair and he helped her. And apparently his heart when that did happened somersaults. To her, his heart did somersaults. When that happened to her, I was like, oh, my God, that's the worst feeling because it's so painful to get yeah. your hair stuck in a chair. I, I can vouch for that with this yeah. long hair that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so we get that flashback. Uh, I thought it was a little weak. OK, cool. That was a week. No, 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 I understand. OK. And I agree because I but feel like it could have been a little children's more. flashback. K drama. There you go. Uh, Peter <laughs> comes in, they sign a new contract, bringing the story full circle. Uh, that's how they began their relationship was with a contract to be my fake girlfriend. And now we are getting a real contract of, you know, we will be there for each other. We'll always be there for each other. And he plays the song that she brought to him from New yep. York. And, uh, you know, you are my beginner. My beginning, my middle, my end. It's. Do you like the song? I think it's fine. I think it's a fine song. I heard it I, again, and I was like, Ugh. I think it's fine. I think the the chorus is, my middle, my end, is like very like. Mm. I think it's a little repetitive. True, because they they like repeat it m multiple times. Um. So yeah, the song's fine. I think it's okay. I, I, yeah. But at the end. They get together, they kiss, and movie They over. kiss at the end. <laughs> they kiss at the end. Uh, shout out to them. And finally, we get shout out a to them. <laughs> ending credits with 
a montage of all the moments between them, between all three movies. K-drama. K-drama. You gotta have a montage. Gotta have a montage. Important moments. And that is the end of the movie. That is the third movie of... Hello, you see her in her NYU dorm room when she cut her hair. Oh, God, yes. Okay, so I brought that up with my brother, and I was like, (laughs) is it every, is it a damn cliche, or is it every girl, when they move away to college, cut their hair? And I feel like I'm right in saying that, yes, it is true. Um, it, I don't know if it takes. you? Okay. So, long story short, yes. (laughs) But it did, it wasn't like. The first week I'm moving in and I already cut my hair. It was like second semester. I cut it. (laughs) Yeah. In that first year, at least. Yeah. Within that first year. Within that first year, I definitely cut it. Yeah. So, yeah, that cliche. (laughs) New hair, new me. And then when I went to London on study abroad, I chopped it into a pixie cut. Yes. Yes, you did. So I took the trope, the stereotype a step further. further. Yes, study abroad. Completely new me. Yes. I'm not Jessica uh, from America. I am now no. London bound Jessica. <laughs> yeah. That what what a cliche. This movie. Wow. That that moment for like is uh, such a like wow. Okay. Okay, so cool. I'm gonna rewrite this ending K drama style. Do it. Okay. How would you so, end it? This is Jessica. I would end How, it. I would do this. Yeah, I would end it with the tent scene, keep it, except they don't decide to be together. The contract is if in four or five years or whatever we're, you know, we meet again or whatever, then we'll get together or something. My best friend's if, wedding? What What are you doing? No, no. If by or 28 no we're still single. <laughs> Not 28. That's dumb shit. But anyway, um, or there's no contract at all. And they just go their separate ways and... We get a time jump either Mm -hmm. like maybe like five years later and they just meet like maybe she walks into the diner to like pick up something and he's there or vice versa. Okay. And they're like, hey, and then they just like give each other a look and you're like, oh my God, it's it's on. Like they're back. Okay. And then she has her hair cut and it's like the whole like, you know, she's new her and he's, you know, different too. And she's a writer. Because she studied English lit. So, like, she could be a writer. He could be, I don't know what he was studying. Or she goes back to the New York bakery to get, and she's living in New York now. Right. And he's in there. And he's in there because he happens to be visiting New York. Yes. Boom. Uh, They lost contact. They, yeah. that That doesn't really seem plausible nowadays with. The way technology Not that is. they lost contact. They're just not together. They're like, just not obviously together. They're following each other on Instagram and like whatever, but. Right. Gotcha. Okay. I could buy That's that. That's my ending. I could buy that ending. It's good. I, I like my it. ending. <laughs> That's not a bad ending. Not that they try and long distance it like headstrong like. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. It's like. Uh, I wish you Godspeed. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, that is our thoughts on To All the Boys, Always and Forever, uh, the trilogy starring Laura Condor and Noah Centineo. And now these people are free from their Marvel contract and they can, you know, do whatever they want now. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> kind of. Uh, Laura, well, it was so funny because Condor was in X-Men Apocalypse. She yes. played Jubilee. Yes. And Noah Centineo is jumping Charlie's in. Charlie's Angels. <laughs> well, he's jumping into the DC universe. What? He will be in Black Adam with The Rock. So, yeah, he is jumping right into that superhero. Dang it. Yeah. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust, man. Yeah. Um, I've never seen anything like this in, in movies where one genre of movie dominates the culture where everybody flocks to it. You mm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've yeah. never seen that. But uh, that's a different conversation for a different time. Uh, so any final thoughts on this trilogy? Could he use more K-pop? I agree. <laughs> I think that we needed a little more k They did have a Blackpink song. They did. They did. As well. Which. Could well, have more. It could Not have Black been Pink, more. but they could have more. Yeah, they could have more. Really, really lean in to her side, to her culture, to her. To who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, the, they did it with the first one and they did it with the second one as well. But this one kind of like lacked it. Except for the trip to Korea, of course, at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of just ignored everything else after that, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm excited to see what happens with her, with Laura Condor. Uh, or Lana Condor, sorry. I, I'm confusing her real name with her movie <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to see what happens with her. Does she continue in the rom-com trend or does she break out and maybe start doing some, you know, interesting, weird roles or does so, she jump into a franchise? So the last time I thought about um, Lana Condor in a serious, like, way for casting was I think she could be a really cool casting choice for um, Avatar The Last Airbender. She could play Azula. Uh, there you go. Yes. That's not bad. That's not I bad thought of it and I was like, oh my God, she'd be so freaking wicked. Like just to see her go bad? Play that, an evil character? Yeah. Ugh. That but would be the last the- Avatar TV show is like a hot mess. The creators Oof. left. It's this whole thing. So. Yeah, no, it, it's going to not be good, pretty much. <laughs> uh, her no next, guarantee now. <laughs> her next uh, productions that are currently in production, uh, she has a movie called Moonshot, which is a woman goes after her boyfriend who has moved to Mars. What? Yeah. <laughs> That is the log line for that movie. And then another movie that she is going to be in is called Girls Night. It is an oh. edgy female buddy comedy that follows. Wait, didn't they already do a Girls Night? No, you're thinking Girls either Girls out? Trip or Girls. Oh, it's Girls Trip. There's something else. There's another one with girls in the title as well. But this one's called Girls Night it is an edgy female buddy comedy that follows Unlikely best friends, Tina and Alex, and their adventures over the course of one night in, you want to guess where? Vegas? No. Oh. Uh, New York City. <laughs> As they try and track down a lost one night stand and figure out what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. 
Uh, it's going to be her and Brianna Hildebrand. Uh, Brianna Hildebrand, if you don't know who that is, she is in the Deadpool movies. She plays the Negasonic uh, teenage warhead. She's yes. like the yeah. The she plays her. So they're going to be friends in that movie and unlikely friends apparently. And it's going to be a one night adventure. You know, one crazy night. So okay. that is that's her in production. Where's Fluffy? Sounds like Nick and Nora. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. Right? Yes. My brother likes to call that movie Nick and Nora's insufferable bullshit. <laughs> that is the way my brother likes to call that movie. Where's the lie? <laughs> Where is the lie? And then, like I said, for Noah Centineo, we already know that he's going to be in Black Adam, which is the new DC movie that is going to tie with Shazam. Uh, he is also going to be in two other movies. Uh, one of them is called The Diary. I got a feeling like this is, oh, it's it's another romance movie. It sounds Ooh, like it. This is an interesting one. Listen what? to this. What? So this movie is called The Diary. In the early 1930s, a young man leaves Shanghai to come to Europe and reunite with the love of his life. It stars Noah Centineo, and it's written and directed by Jackie Chan. Shut up. Jackie Chan. Shut up. Yes. I can't wait to watch this. Yeah, it, it's supposed to come out this year. So we shall see what happens there. And then there's one more movie that he is scheduled to have, and it is Masters of the Universe. He is playing He-Man. What? He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Shut up. He is playing He-Man. Get out. I can't. No, he, he is playing He-Man. He is. He-Man. Yep. Prince Adam. He-Man. Holy crap. So, yeah, that's Noah. Noah's got a, hey. got a bit of a. He, they're trying to put him into a franchise. That's what they're trying to do. They, they are trying are. to form a franchise around him. Because he's already got a following of. Right, people. So, so they're like, now you got oh, He-Man, and then you have the DC world as well. So he's he's going to be a franchise guy, pretty much. So we'll see. Poor thing. I hope Lana Condor gets. <laughs> he's from it, Miami, gets... Florida, by the way. Get out. Yeah, You're born in Miami. Boy. Oh man. Uh, good one of ours. <laughs> one of ours. <laughs> what do you know? What do you know? So we'll see what happens with them going forward. Uh, obviously, we'll hear their names again in the future, but. I think that is going to be all with yeah. these three movies. Uh, enjoyable. Um, second one's forgettable. First one's great. Third one's fine. And with that, if you want, uh, shout, shout us your thoughts. Tell us your thoughts. Whatever you want to do with your thoughts, let us know about it. At Always Critic Pod. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. And Facebook. TikTok. <laughs> and TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, let us know. Follow us on those. Let us know what you think about these movies. Did you enjoy them? Do you think we're wrong in any aspect of this, the way we came at like certain things in this movie? <laughs> let us know. And if this is your first time listening and did enjoy your listening experience, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You could subscribe on any one of those. And don't forget, we also have a Patreon. Really support us. Uh, that would be a great way to show your support and get involved in the way we produce the show. So with all that said, 
that has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.